Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Just open up your eyes and join me Cause I've been living in the sunshine Having such a nice time Sipping iced coffee as the world dressed by me Living in the sunshine Having such a nice time I won't let the stresses of the world define me No, oh, 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 la, 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 la All right, so have you ever received one of those by invitation only? Yeah, by invitation only. It almost sounds exclusive. It is by invitation only. They meant what they said. In other words, look, everybody can't show up to this event. Everyone can't be a part. So, in other words, you're to RSVP. Now, I don't speak French. I know a little Spanish, but my French, yeah, well. But I do know that when I translate that RSVP from French, it means would you please respond. That's the courtesy of it, right? Okay, I can do that, especially since it was by invitation. And then moreover, it's exclusive, by invitation only. So what is that? Well, it gets real complicated. I'm not here to teach manners. I could, but that's not what this show is about. You know, this show is about supporting our caregivers. And guess what? More than likely, that's you. Oh, no, no, I don't take care of my mom. And I didn't say you did. Um, Get out of the box and remember that every day, in some way, you're a caregiver. Now, furthermore, watch this. If you're a Christian, (laughs) you're a caregiver by default. Uh, Check your Bible and get back to me. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. So in the meantime, let's look at this concept of invitation only. So I thought about my life up to this point and the places I've been, the opportunities I've had, the exposure I've had, they were really good. And one of the things that I remembered was that I had some really, let's call them uh, sophisticated grandparents. Yeah, we'll, we'll call them that. In their circles of life and during their time, meaning when they were on the earth living in their prime, Everybody was trying to be what everybody wants to be these days, which most people aren't, but they, let's say, perpetrate like they are, and that is classy. (laughs) Okay, so what is that? It has changed. The definition of having class, being classy, that actually kind of revolves around the times in which we live. I happened to watch a TV show where they award people for a little bit with my mom. She's knocking on 80, and so she's a boomer. And she's from a time when there were just certain standards in society. And I always have to remind her, mother, times have changed. People don't think like that anymore. They don't do that. No, they're not like that anymore. Yes, they can do that. Yes, he he can wear that. Mother, listen. And she gets so upset. And I had to say to her, listen, sometimes everything isn't about who you are and where you are. 
And she looked at me, what do you mean? And she was very defensive. And I said, mother, you're from a different time in life. The present time that we're in, the current time that we live in, you've been invited. You just didn't reply. Oh, wait a minute. And she looked at me so strangely. So what does that mean for you, listener? You've been invited to. To what? To, to what event? The event called life. Every day we live life. It is an event. Check it out in the dictionary. What an event is. Is not your life today an event? It is. So think about what event is happening in your life. Well, didn't you just say life is an event? They're interchangeable. Check out the definition of event. So in today's life that you have, what is your agenda? What is your motivation? What are you trying to express? What are you trying to convey? Some people don't want to be a part of your life. Why? Because your life is too exclusive for them. Mm, No thanks. Your life is too high society for them. I'm not comfortable around all of that. Okay. Well, your life might be a little too laid back. Uh, No, I'm not comfortable with that. Okay. Well, look, everybody has a choice in life daily to live their lives according to what? Their choice. It's so simple. You thought I was going to say something complicated? No. Everybody has a choice to be who they are and do what they do. So over the weekend, I thought about mm, two words as I watched football and I saw people cheer and I thought about what, what provokes people to get so excited. The quietest person. Man, they, you can get a roar out of them when they're motivated by the right thing, like a touchdown or goal if they watch soccer. I mean, well, that's football in other countries. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. So anyway, the point is that we in America, we get excited easily by things that provoke us to our place of happiness. And so I took some time to think about where are my places of happiness? Now, remember, I said life is an event. So I thought about it, and I looked back over my life, and I found because I was an only child, I'm good <laughs> because life, for me, oftentimes I had to do things alone. And when I got older, it was easy for me to invite people in. Come on. Yeah, let's play. I was so excited. And you could get me just cheering myself on, even if they weren't excited about it. But they were present. They were there with me. I was excited. But I thought about this. Was I ready to invite anybody in when I wasn't excited, when I was a little sad? Did I want to play still? Did I want company when I felt a little depressed? You know, we don't talk about children having depression, but they do. We're just now coming around to children having mental health crisis. I'm like, well, I'm a survivor of that. I mean, where where were they back in the day? Okay, I won't hold a grudge against them, but most children have had some type of crisis. Even the most rich financially children, the most wealthy, meaning based on their environment, their family life, their lifestyles, yeah, those children have crisis just as much as the kids in the low-income division and neighborhoods, sure. They might be different, but we've all had those experiences. 
called life. It's an event. So when you have this event, who do you invite? (laughs) Well, everybody doesn't want to come to your life event. Think about it. Caregivers, I'm talking to you right now. I've had some events in this life with my mother that nobody wanted to come and see, be a part of, experience. No, they they didn't. Why? Because it wasn't for them. They couldn't be a part. They, they couldn't really relate. And so what do they do? Uh, avoid my mom and don't call her and They definitely don't call me. So what happens to us caregivers? We begin to feel isolated. We begin to feel lonely. And then sometimes we begin to feel resentful, angry, angry. Yes. Why? Because we feel like nobody cares, number one. We feel like there's nobody there for us to support us, to cheer us on. Yeah, okay, yeah, you go watch your football while I go change this diaper. Yeah, yeah, okay. Is that resentment worth it, though, caregivers? Is that bitterness worth your happiness? Is that the exchange at your event? So who's going to come to your event? Because it doesn't change. For us as caregivers, oftentimes the situation remains the same from day to day. Unto what? Death. That's what we have to look forward to as caregivers, either The person you care for is going to die. And caregivers, are you ready? Take a deep breath. Yeah, that might be your last breath in that moment, right? Because you don't know when you're going to die. I had to tell my mother that. You are so codependent on me, lady. Are you aware of this? And she took a moment, and I just knew she was not going to say anything. And then she said, yes. I was like, what? (laughs) She's aware? She's codependent? Oh, wow. So what happens to us caregivers when we have someone codependent, they're aware of it, but we don't have any support. Oh, the people we invited, they don't want to come by. They don't want to stop by. You've sent them invitations. Just come and have lunch with us. Oh, maybe you can come by and have an early dinner. Maybe you can come by and watch a TV show. Nothing appeals to them. Why? Because they don't want to be a part of your life, your lifestyle, your events in your life. They don't want to be a part of that because it does not appeal to them. It's not an option for them because they have other things that are more important to them. Respect that, caregivers. Let them go, release them, and find someone who's willing to instead magnify, in other words, take a look at closely your life. Well, who is that? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who you know. But maybe you're asking the wrong people to come. Maybe you need to change your guest list. Maybe you're inviting the wrong people into your life. Uh Uh-oh, sounds like a personal matter. It is. What do you mean inviting? I just want to be clear on that. Okay, let me help you out. Instead of calling the same people that continue to turn you down and you feel like, well, I don't know that many people. Okay, that's your fault. I have a Bible that teaches me that the person that has friends has to at least be friendly. You can start with a wave, a hello, a greeting, maybe even a text, just thinking of you. Now, on the other end, that's up to them to respond. But what is your motive? Your motive should be help. Your Yes, your motive should be a cry for help. 
caregivers, shame on you if you don't ask. How many times have I told you that? The number one rule that's an unspoken rule in caregiving is you never turn down help. What in the world is wrong with you? Why would you be turning down help? Are you sick? Yeah, you are mentally, emotionally, and most of all, spiritually. When you don't give yourself an opportunity to seek help and it's available, shame on you. Why? Because there are people that actually will help you. You've just been in the wrong circle of life. Remember, life is an event. So did you take a look at it yet? If you're driving, you shouldn't be looking up words in a dictionary. But if you're at home, get that dictionary. It's on your phone. If you don't have an app, you can download a dictionary. Check it out. Life itself is an event. Invite people into your life. Stop being so mean. Stop being so resentful. Stop being so grumpy. In other words, just take a moment and say, you know what? I'm going to find some other people to invite. They don't want to come. They're not interested. They didn't respond. They didn't reply. Hey, my life is by invitation only. Let me tell you who your first guest should be. <clears throat> yeah, this is KPRZ, a radio station that emphasizes Christianity. So Christ, invite him first. Let him be the guest of honor. He should have the first seat. Now, the other people you invite, maybe they should be like him. Remember I said how people don't want to come because they don't feel comfortable? Well, Think of the people that might be comfortable around Christ. Oh, well, I don't know too many people like that. Well, watch this. It doesn't matter because Christ is comfortable around anyone. Yes, I have Bible stories for days on that. He was despised, rejected, disliked. People were annoyed by him, yet they were baffled, perplexed, and interested all at the same time because this guy is supposed to be holy, Supposed to be allegedly the Messiah, the one who's coming to save us, deliver us, rescue us from God. And he's over there with that tax collector guy, the people that we hate, the people that nobody likes. He's with them. He went over there and talked to that woman. She's an alleged prostitute, right? He was talking to her, having a whole conversation. Yeah. And then told her about her life. How? Did, wait a minute. Yeah, that same Christ. Let him be the first guest. Invite him first. Then you won't be alone. Now, the next guest, here's how you do it. Look in your life and say, well, I don't have anyone, so who can I invite? Talk to the people that you know and tell them that you have an invitation for someone they know. Whoa, wait a minute. That changes the story. Yes, it does. People almost feel offended when you skip them and go to someone they know. And then they become provoking. They become curious. Like, why do you want to know about my friend that goes to the church down the street? Well, because you don't go to the church down the street, but maybe your friend who knows Christ might be comfortable since Christ is first on my guest list. And I've asked you, with you not even knowing who would be present, you didn't want to come. So I'm looking for people that are willing to be a guest with me. And those are the people that you bring into your life, this life that happens every day, not knowing the outcome of it from day to day, not knowing what's about to come. I tell my mom every time I leave, did you pray for me? I'm leaving. And she says, okay. And then when I come back, she says, I prayed for you. I said, apparently I'm back. And start a joke. But it's serious at the same time. The idea of me returning home is by the grace of God. But we also have a plan. 
It might work. It might not. In case I don't come home. But the Lord, our provider, he will provide all of my mother's needs according to his riches in glory, as he does for me. Because we believe that Christ can. We believe that Jesus is Lord and he is the lover of our souls, the keeper of our minds, and he is the one that keeps us in perfect peace because we think about him, we rely on him, we trust in him. So those are things that we get benefits from God as a result of what? One, reading the Bible. It's real simple. I tell people all the time, you have either commands in the Bible or options. Which one do you want? Well, it's up to you. I say choose them both. You have commands and options. That's what Jesus was all about, commands and options. So when you start reading this Jesus stuff, for those of you that think you know it, but you don't really know it, you've heard about it, but you haven't developed the rapport, the relationship, and understanding of the point of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus, and why we need Jesus, this is what you have to do. Caregivers, number one, invite the Jesus people. That's what they used to call them back when I was growing up. They called them the Jesus people. You know, those people that go to the church. Well, be careful now. There are lots of churches these days. You, You have to make sure that their type of church is the type of church that you need to invite into your life, into your event. Your event is something that's happening moment by moment as you live. Because of his mercies, you're not consumed. So if you're going to have people come into your life, make sure they have the right motives. One, so remember, these are the requisites and prerequisites for your invitation list. Make sure those people have the right motives. Their motives, what moves them, should be at least biblically based. There should be something in their heart. They don't have to be perfect. You're not perfect. But they should have some desire to at least forgive so they don't go to church every day. What? Oh, I think that's a little blasphemous, don't you? Uh, I think it's a little judgmental, don't you? I said, let me say it again so that you can really get it this time. People don't have to go to church every Sunday to have the love of the Lord in their heart. People don't have to go to church every Sunday to have fruit of the Spirit. You want to know what that is? Look it up. Galatians, that's all you get from me today. I've done the homework. You do your research. In the meantime, I have what I call a grocery list for Christians. Mm-hmm. I look for their produce section in their life. I've got to see some type of fruit. So at least if I see one, hey, come on in. Come on into my life, this event that I'm having happen right now. And in this event of mine, this life of mine, hopefully you'll be able to do what I need you to do with me at this event, this event where I'm going to focus on the Lord. So wait, you're inviting people into your life to focus on the Lord? That's I don't get it. Right. So let me give you the scripture. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Doesn't that sound like a Typical verse. Now, I just told you for the last 10 minutes what my intention was and is every day. If you're coming into my personal space, I need you to be able to show some grace, the same grace 
that you've been given by the Lord. Because I'm not perfect. I'm a Christian. I'm weak. Yeah. How do I know this? Because I was born in sin, me, Lorraine. These are my Christian beliefs. Right out of that Holy Bible, the one that everybody passes by, you know, the black one leather bound is just sitting there on the shelf. Yeah. The one that everybody's so intimidated by, but yet they want that new popular book out of another country about a guy and his life. Well, anyway, nonetheless, I'm not hating on you. I'm not mad at you. Get it. But while you get that one, get the Bible too. You don't have to read the whole bound book. It's a combination of several books. I think if you look at it that way, you take some of the pressure off of yourself. Some of those books only have three chapters. Watch this. One of those books has one chapter, one chapter, and it's not even that long. It's called Jude. So I'm just saying, check it out and don't be so intimidated so that when somebody invites you into their life, into their event, into what's happening with them, you'll be able to accept the invitation. Now, that invitation, doesn't that sound like something at church? Mm, Kind of. See, I was watching old Billy Graham preaching. Uh, he's, he was a natural teacher. That, that was his gifting. But he was also an evangelist. And that's why I had to explain to someone that's why he wasn't a pastor. That gets really complicated. Five-fold ministry for the people that don't really get all of that. You just give them the basics, kind of like feeding little kids. You're not trying to give a three-year-old a whole steak, are you? Especially steak tartare. You don't want to give that to Three-year-old, do you? Well, hey. In the meantime, I say it like this. Let's look at it like this. You have two things that you can do in life. You can listen or you can speak. What about the deaf and the mute brain? What are they supposed to do? Well, let's think about it. I don't have an answer for you today. (gasps) What? Yes. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. (laughs) Don't have anything to say and just meditate. Think about it. Think about what? The Word of God. Most of us don't do that. Most of us go throughout the day. We don't even look at a scripture. No, we don't. Be honest. I try. I make it like a, a an extreme effort. Why? Because I need that light. I need that flashlight in my life to navigate through this darkness. Yes, the sun is out bright. I live in sunny California. I mean, we're having 60-degree weather where people are shoveling snow. And sometimes we're still complaining. That's a metaphor for most of us in our personal lives. No matter where you live, you're still complaining. Somebody else has it better, yet you're still complaining. You have it the best, yet you're still complaining. You have the opportunity. You have the benefits. You have the grace, but yet you're still complaining. So get the flashlight so that you can, first of all, see where you're standing. You could, Hey, it could be a mudslide right there in front of you. That's what's happening out here in California. Rain has brought terrible mudslides for us. We have a lot of mountains. People's houses, their foundation just sliding down. Yes, that happens to us spiritually, too, when we don't use lighting Proper lighting can help you see things that normally in the dark you can't. And that's what the Word of God is. It's your light. Turn it on. Use it so that you can look at the people. Maybe that might be in the dark. 
that still might be able to help you. Let's translate that. Just because they don't go to church at all, just because they don't read the Bible at all, they still might be able to support you and help you. And watch this. When your light is on, you're attracting them. Because it's hard to attract dark and dark. Well, some people might oppose that. They might argue with me. I said attract. So if we go really, really deep and hard with that, I said it's hard to. I didn't say you can't because dark and dark attract each other every day. You can read your Bible and discover that. But light always, always is going to be there for the dark. Did you catch that? Are you the light? Be the light. Are you the light? Be the light. So how are you supposed to do that? It's really simple. Be who you are. Don't fake it. Don't try to act like you know when you don't. And my favorite, ask for help. Who are you going to invite into your space today where it might be a little dark for you? You might be a little grim. You might be a little sad. Those things are dark places. They lead you to other things like suicidal thoughts, drunkenness, and lasciviousness. Yeah, it has to start somewhere. So invite some people into your life. But first of all, when you send that invitation out, make sure that you have a light on for the event that you're having the people attend. I'm not talking about the light in your home. I'm talking about the light in your life, in your soul, in your spirit. Read the Bible. Find one scripture and let it just be that light for you for this year. One scripture, yes. It's better than none, right? So invite not only Christ, who should be your first and honored guest, but try inviting other people in your life, and you'd be surprised. Those people, the ones that really aren't supposed to be like the church people, yeah, that gets complicated. Work with that. Those are the people that are often willing to learn more about what you do. Think of Nicodemus. He's that guy in John, uh, what was it, Matthew? I, I don't know. I think he's John 3, right? You look it up. You check it out. Get back to me. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. You've been listening with me just for a few minutes to 10100 right here on KPRZ 1210 AM.